So I was thinking, what do I speak on, on Mother's Day? And probably the best thing I can speak on on Mother's Day is the beauty of God. What else is there but the beauty of God? And I want to speak to you about a picture of mercy. If I can call it anything, I want to call it a picture of mercy. I'm going to speak out of the, the parable of the, of, the, of the prodigal son, the son that returned. And um, I'm, going to sh- I'm going to try and unpack a fivefold revelation of the Father that in itself is a picture of mercy. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And uh, I pray that we would, we would be, and something in our hearts would be refreshed and touch the mercy of God again. And I will, I will watch my time and not be too long I'm going to start our journey this morning in Exodus 34 verse 6. You know the story so well. Moses is now encountering the Lord. And, uh, and he, on the mountain, the nation of Israel is now still at the foot of the mountain. He's encountering God. And in a moment of being overwhelmed by the Lord, Moses like asks God this question. And he says, show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. And, um, and here's the thing. God didn't deny him his request. The Lord simply said, you cannot see my face. But he didn't say anything about his glory. And so the next thing that God says is, so Moses, you have asked to see my glory. This is what I will do. I will let all my goodness pass before you. And as I'm doing that, I will declare my names out loud. And I think the glory of God is many things and it's hard to pinpoint it. But a good place to start when you speak about the glory of God is the goodness of God. And so it happens. He hides Moses in the cleft of rock and he walks past and he puts his hand over him. And as he allows his goodness to walk past, he declares out loud, I am the Lord. The God, merciful, right? He passed in front of Moses and said, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger and rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. Beloved, actually this verse, just reading that, should wake up a desire within you to love Him and to worship. But the first thing that God reveals about himself to Moses, when Moses, in the context of show me your glory, the first thing that God reveals is his mercy. He says, I am merciful. I am merciful. So in the New Testament, there's four names of, for, for the Father, four Things they call the Father. They call Him the Father of Spirit, the Father of Lights, the Father of Glory, and the Father of All Mercies. And I wanted to read this to you. In uh, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. And uh, just, this is our introduction. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. You know what I've seen in Scripture? That mercy and comfort are twins. They always work together. When God is merciful, His comfort is there. 
Always when you see the mercy of God, you will find the comfort of God. But it's beautiful. He calls Him the Father of all mercies. In other words, the originator of mercy. The idea of mercy started in the mind of God. The heart of God. He designed it. He made it. The New Living Translation says it a different way. It says, our merciful Father. You know, there's something, I read scripture, and this, this little theme jumps to the, front, to the front of the page constantly in scripture for me, that God wants to be known as merciful. I am a God of mercy. I am merciful. The Father of mercy. And I love that. For me, that's the most beautiful name for God in scripture, for me. I love to call him the father of mercy. And he is. So I want us to jump into Luke 15 this morning. And uh, I'm going to read it with you and, and, and uh, try and unpack some stuff. And I don't think I'm going to get through what I want to share. But I'm going to touch on some things that I feel I need to share. And um, so it's a very basic, basic basic teaching this morning and it's stuff you've all heard many a times before but it's good to, to have uh, uh, to have eyes on the mercy of God again I want to read Luke 15 and I'm going to start verse 11 I'm reading from the New Living Translation to illustrate the point further Jesus told them this story a man had two sons the youngest son told his father I want my share of your estate now. I want my inheritance now. Before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this youngest son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in living and wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into these fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the, the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17. When he finally came to his senses... He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy to, of being called your son. Please take me in as a, as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And listen to this. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to him. Embraced him. And kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, 
Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger. Sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead. And has now returned to life. He was lost. But now he is found. And I love this little section. So the party began. The party began. The fivefold revelation of the father. Point one. He saw him. We have a God who sees you. Where you are. He's watching over you. He saw him from afar. If you do, if you do a study on the, the Greek context of the scripture there, what it actually saying is every day he went to that very same place where he said goodbye to his son. In hope that the road that led his son away from him would one day bring his son back to him. And that father would go daily to that place where he once said goodbye and saw the love of his heart walk away with his inheritance. He would go back to that place daily, looking, waiting. And then this particular day, story doesn't tell us if it was weeks, months, I guess it was years. Looking at a distance, he saw something that moved like his son. Well, the boy returning was skinny, man. And when he saw him, from a distance. When he saw him. From a distance. He started running. It's amazing. I want to say something to you. This morning. When you think you're too far away. For God to see you. He does. He sees you. I want to, I want to read to you. Genesis 16. 7 to 14. I might, I might not read the portion. My time is for you. I'll. I'll just read verse 13 with you. Thereafter, Agar referred to the Lord who had spoken to her as the God who sees me. For she said, I have seen the one who sees me. And you all know this little story. Sarah couldn't give Abraham a child, so she said, I've got an Egyptian slave girl. What, what an unfortunate event for this little slave girl. She was just thinking about living. And then suddenly, the next thing, Sarah gives her to Abraham and she falls pregnant with Abraham's son. And probably as immature people does, when she fell pregnant with Abraham's son, there was contempt in her heart and, and anger rose up in Sarah. And Sarah approached Abraham and she said to him, you must speak to this little slave girl. I gave her to you into your embrace so that you can have a son. And now she has contempt against me. And she's, she's just... And Abraham said to Sarah, well, you deal with her. She's your, your slave. And then Sarah went and she dealt so harshly with Hagar that she ran away. It's a sad story. It's a broken story. And so with nothing, she runs away. She leaves. And somewhere in the wilderness, beside a, a fountain, she's contemplating, resting, thinking about what, what am I doing now with this kid? I have no work. I have nowhere to go. What am I going to do? 
And then God shows up. Just shows up. And He comforts her heart. And after that conversation, she calls Him this. The God who sees. He saw me. No one sees a little Egyptian slave girl. But He does. Surely his eyes would have been occupied with Abraham, Sarah, and the promises he made. But yet he finds his eyes drifting, finding this little servant girl without hope, broken, confused, lost. She's not even crying out to him. He just finds her in mercy. The God he sees. Beloved, I want to tell you, He sees you. He sees you, and it's a powerful thing. I don't know where you are, where you're sitting, where you're finding yourself, confused, hopeless, broken. I don't know. I can tell you this morning something. In His mercy, His eyes are upon you. He knows, and He sees I wanted to read to you 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I just want to just stay there. The eyes of the Lord is going throughout the earth constantly to find you. To find you in that broken place. So that He may strengthen you. Lift your head. Lift your heart out of the miry clay. And I wanted us to read Psalm 121. Just, I want to get this into your heart. It's so simple. Listen. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Something about this that's interesting. Just free of charge. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? It's not I look up to the mountains to find my help there. No, no, no. The idol worship was on the mountains. What he is saying, do I look to idols to find my strength? Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, He watches over Israel, never tires and never sleeps. The Lord Himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as a protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forevermore. He is keeping watch over you. He is the God who sees. Jesus is telling this little parable to reveal the true nature of His Father. And He starts by saying, He saw Him from afar. He watches over you. You are not alone. So the first picture of mercy is that God sees. The second picture is He had compassion. 
filled with love, he had compassion. The Greek word for compassion is an interesting word. It's a word that I have no idea how to pronounce. Splachnizome, something like that. And it simply means, listen to this. Being so moved by something that you feel it deep in your stomach. He was so moved by his son's return. He could feel it in his stomach. Moved by him. Moved with compassion. You don't have to put this on, Tony, but I want to say, Lord, Psalm 103, verse 8, The Lord is compassionate. Gracious, slow to anger, rich in love. And there's this little picture. I told the story, but I want to tell it again. Luke 7, 11 to 17. It's a story of Jesus approaching a city with his disciples. The city is called Nain. And as he comes into the city, a funeral comes out with a widow losing her only son. I've shared the story, but just in context of what I'm trying to communicate this morning. And looking at the funeral, Jesus knowing a widow, she lost her husband, her income, her life. The only thing that she had going for her was her son. At least her son could look after her in her old days. And now this, the only son is dead too. And so this funeral comes out. This widow is broken. She has nothing And Jesus looks upon her and scripture says, with great compassion. He looked on her. And this is what he does. He stops the funeral and he wakes up the boy from the dead. Imagine you are at that funeral. He wakes up the boy and he touches the woman and he says to her, here's your son. Here's your son. You know what always blow me away from that little portion of scripture? She didn't ask him for the healing. She didn't approach him begging, raise up my son. It's not even sure whether she followed him after the event. All it says, when he saw her, he was moved with compassion. She had no faith for that healing. Like Hagar sitting in the wilderness at a little fountain. There's nothing for her. Broken. He finds her. The same with this widow. He just found her. And he had great compassion. He healed her. That's the second thing. Jesus tells the story. He says, the first thing is he saw him from a distance, filled with love and compassion. He started running to him. He's full of compassion. The Father is full of compassion. My time is run out and I have some few points, but let me end with this. The third picture of mercy is the Father running. The father running. And I, I want to quickly bring you into this little event now. Alright? Are you with me? So, the father saw him from the distance. The God who sees. Who's watching. Over you. 
in your coming, in your going out, both now and forevermore. The God who sees, filled with love and compassion, saw His Son, the Son He's been longing for. So He pulls up His little dress. And He starts running towards His Son. You know what I find about God? We have, if you have a theology that says He will meet you in the middle, beloved, you need to repent of that. He doesn't meet you in the middle. You give one step, He gives 99. He didn't find that boy in the middle. He saw him and he started running to his son. Lifting up his little dress, started running. And here's the picture I wanted to say. You know how many people saw that son coming back? Standing there, uh, speaking to one another, you know. We knew he would waste it all. The little rich boy's son wasting his inheritance. Now he's coming back with nothing. We knew this will happen. And while they are quarreling, while they are eyes on the shame of the son with nothing, the next moment they see this old man with the dress up to his waist running. And for an old man to run in public was much more shameful than for a son wasting it all on partying. And immediately their focus shifted from the son and his shame. And they started speaking, what is wrong with this father? What is wrong with him? Shame on him. His son wasted his inheritance On parties and drinks and girls and prostitutes. And he's running, firstly, secondly, to him. And you know what that father did? He took the shame that was on his son and suddenly it was on him. And no longer were they speaking about the son coming home. They were now speaking about the shame. Oh, that father running. Isn't that what the father did with Jesus Was nailed to the cross. Wasn't it there that he took our shame on him? That now they would stand at the foot of the cross and look to Jesus and and make fun and jokes of the king of the Jews. Isn't it the same picture? A father running. Running. There's a song, I won't play it, When Mercy Ran. Can I tell you something this morning? Mercy is running towards you. Mercy is running towards you. Mercy is always running towards you. David says in the Psalms, his mercies are new every morning. There's never a lack of mercy where it comes to God. There's always enough And it's not that there's only enough. It's pursuing you. It's chasing you down. The mercy of God is chasing you down. It's pursuing you. A father running. What a picture of mercy. How foreign it must have been to the Pharisees Jesus was telling the story to. This God whose name we're not even allowed to write. 
You're telling me he will pull up his dress and run? Mercy. We don't understand mercy. I'm going to close. Maybe if you can come and help me. So the fourth picture of mercy, and I'm not going to go into that, but the fourth picture of mercy is he embraced him and he kissed him. And then the, the fifth picture of mercy, or the first revelation of the Father, is he restored him. I'm going to end there. He restored him. The story ends well, doesn't it? Surely the son deserved a, a good hiding. I don't know. A good talk. But he didn't get chance to really say much because he was interrupted by the father shouting to servants, get the robe, get the ring, where's that fat calf? Get the party starting. That, that when it says he embraced him and he kissed him, in the Greek there, it doesn't say he just kissed him. It said he, he couldn't stop kissing him. I have a little kid, you had little babies, right? My little baby boys, I kiss them everywhere. They don't get a chance to say much. I just, that was their father. Tears streaming down his face. Kissing a, a son that smells like pig who has not eaten nor bathed for weeks. And he puts his lips on him. And in the kiss, and while kissing, shouts, Come, get the robe. Get the ring. Get the cough. Get the sandals. And listen to this. And, and I want to kind of conclude with this. Listen to this carefully. This is how we restored him. For the son's lost dignity. A robe of honor. For bare servant's feet. He puts on the sandals of a son. For the hand that squandered an entire inheritance. He gives a signet ring. And reinstates the position and the authority of that son. Isn't that amazing? The same hand who squandered, who wasted all his inheritance. That same hand gets a ring. Reinstates him. And for his empty stomach, he calls for a feast. Isn't that amazing? Can I just say that again? For the son's lost dignity, a robe of honor. For bare servant's feet, he puts on the sandals of a son. For the hand that squandered an entire inheritance, he gives a signet ring. And he reinstates the son's position and authority. And for his empty stomach, he calls for a feast. That beautiful. It's so not what you do. Mercy is so mysterious and unexplainable. And yet Jesus tells the story to reveal the nature of his father to those who were blind to see it. You know what's beautiful in Genesis 17, the Lord speaks to Abraham and he calls himself El Shaddai. How many of you have read that? 
El Shaddai. So the most common translation for El Shaddai is God Almighty because the Shaddai is two plays on it, the word Hebrew there. The one is an, a God who overpowers. He overpowers, that's why the Almighty comes from. But the other word Shaddai comes from a Hebrew word that means breast. And the Hebrew picture is of an infant nursing at his mother. So when the Lord was saying to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, he was not only saying, I am God Almighty. What he was saying to him is, I am the all-sufficient one. I am the one who is more than enough. I am the one that will nurse you, nourish you. I will be the one who comforts you. I will be the one who restores you. I am the all-sufficient God. I am El Shaddai. David makes mention of that in Psalm 91 when he says, He who abides in the shadow of the Almighty God. He who draws near to the shadow of El Shaddai, who comes close to the God who is more than enough. So this morning, He wants to restore you. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to love on you. He wants you to have a fresh perspective on mercy. He wants you to have a fresh look at his heart as a father. I remember this story and I'm closing with it. Many years ago, I ministered in Cape Town. I was still living in Pretoria. I came to Cape Town, ministering at a church. And um, the lead elder phones me Sunday morning. He says, before the service tonight, would you mind seeing a young lady that's on the brink of committing suicide? And so I said, well, I, I will. And he said, please, because she has decided to do it. She's been through the counseling. She's been through the deliverance. She's been through everything. And she has made a choice now that she's going to go through with it at some stage. And we won't be able to stop her from doing it. Will you mind spending some time with her just before the service? Even if it's like 20 minutes. And so I said, of course I will. So I came a little bit earlier. And there waiting for me was the first time I saw a breathing human person that was absolutely dead. There was no life in her. And so we went to a little room at the back of the stage and we sat down. And before I could say, hello, my name is Mervis or anything like that, she started speaking and she said to me, I just want you to know nothing you are going to say today will make me change my mind. I am taking my own life. I've heard it all. All the arguments, all the little scriptures, you won't convince me. I don't want to live anymore. I don't know what you do in that moment. So I just said, well, tell me your story. And she said, well, I'll tell you my story. And she said, I was a very young girl, about four or five, not sure, I can't really remember. One Sunday afternoon, my dad said to me and my butt, get in the car, we're going for a long drive. We got in the car with him and we drove for I don't know how many hours. 
He pulled to the side close to one little town that we don't know the name of. He asked us to get out. And as we got out, he pulled away and drove off. And we've never seen him ever since. And she said to me, from that day onwards, all I knew. So we went immediately into the, we became orphans, orphanages, safe houses. And she said, from that point onwards, this is my life. I don't know how many times I've been abused. I've been raped. Can't count it anymore. And then she said the horrific words. She said, so I may look to you like a woman. But on the inside, I'm no longer that. It's been stolen from me. I'm dead. I took her hand and I just prayed with her. And the service started. And she couldn't leave because she had a lift there. So she sat right at the back, arms folded. And the service ended. And two years later, I was ministering at the same church. And after one Sunday morning meeting, I saw a young girl. Not a young girl, a lady approaching me. But hair was like this. Makeup was bright. And she came and she stood in front of me, tears streaming down her face. She said, Can you remember me? And I said to her, I am normally bad with names, good with faces, but I don't know where we met. And she said, Two years ago, I was sitting telling you I'm taking my own life. And my jaw dropped to the floor. I said to her, What happened to you? She said, that service, I was sitting right at the back, feeling nothing, broken, planning to take my life. And so I thought to myself, I'll shout one little prayer for the last time to him. And I prayed this, if you love me, and if you see me, come rescue me. And she said to me, I don't know how to tell you what happened next, but he came. He just came with all his love. He just came. And he overwhelmed me. I felt warmth coming into me. I just had an encounter with the love of a father. You know what she encountered? She encountered the father that Jesus spoke of. Luke 17. The father who saw father who ran the father who held the father who kissed the father who restored that's your father you know he's not far away that's your father that's the one Paul says now by the spirit of adoption you call him Abba what a picture of mercy So this morning, I want to end by simply praying for you. I want you to close your eyes for a moment.
I felt in my heart while praying for this morning, the Lord wants to touch single moms specifically. But if you're sitting here this morning, I, I don't know. I thought about maybe just praying for you there, but I feel something else in my heart. If you're sitting here this morning and you need the Father to find you, you just need Him to find you. You just need to be restored. You just need to be touched. You just need Him to heal. You just need Him to come. You just need Him to come. I want you to put your hand on your heart if it's you. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. If you need the Father to come, just put your hand on your heart and sit back. I'm going to pray for you. Abba, the Father of mercy, of all mercies, the merciful, You know the need of everyone sitting in this place today. You see them. You know them. I pray that today they will encounter a father who's running to them. And I pray that peace, your peace, will come now. Your warmth. even now ask that you would increase our awareness of your presence right now increase our awareness of your presence I pray that we become aware Thank you that you are restoring broken lives, broken families, broken children, broken fathers, broken mothers. You are restoring and you're saying, I love you. So, Father, we receive.
can everyone put your hand on your heart we sing this you're watching over me you're watching over me you're watching over me let's just sing that to him you're watching over me 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 just sing it again oh. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. Just one more time. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. Maybe one more time for the last time. Yeah, yeah. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. You're watching over me. 